Welcome to another episode of the Flight Plate Podcast. I am a co-host, Josh Wenis, co-hosted as usual by touring professional Jordan Castro. And man, it has been a, a, a spell here since we've been on. We've had a lot of stuff going on. We've had some uh, tournament wins. We've had some playoff losses. We've had some crazy stuff going on. But here we are, man. We're back. We're back at it. Um, yeah, super excited to be uh, kind of finding out a schedule that works for both of us. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's awesome to be back and we've got a lot of info for today. Yeah, man, we got a lot to talk about and we're just going to kick it right off and just start in right away. Uh, first thing we mentioned it, I mentioned it there in the very, very tip top. We had a, a tournament win, Mr. Castro. Breeze through the trees. Talk to us a little bit. Yeah, this was in Flagstaff uh, a week or two ago. Um, it's one of the new courses that's going to be put in for the Masters Worlds um, next year. So it's kind of like a preview event. Um, they they built this brand new course at Little America. It's like a hotel area um, with tons of acres, so many opportunities out there. So they're actually, I think, going to have two or three courses out there. So we played the one course, and I was really impressed right away within the I mean, they put up a brand new course in two weeks, so um, it was it was awesome to play, and it was definitely tough to play at elevation. I haven't played at elevation in a long time, so I was throwing my my roller wave, which is like one fifty five, and that was like flying like my my panic or nitro. It was it was different. <laughs> so like I'm trying to throw my panic, and I was like, this isn't working. So I had to like club down, throw my less understable stuff. So. Yeah, through the disc well. I think that first round, um, it was a two-day seat here. The first round, probably missed three or four, five, six strokes. Then the last round, I made all the putts inside the circle, which has been huge for me lately. So I felt like, and it was a battle too. I think I was down by three or four after like five or six holes and came back and won by three. So um Mike Lasoy or whatever, he's one of the local legends up in Flagstaff. He guys. You know, a highly favorite to play and take Masters World down. Like if I had to pick him and Josh Johnson, those two guys are phenomenal golfers and they're used to that elevation. Then it was just a battle between all three of us. And it was like I told Mike, I was like, I want it, want it to be a battle versus like I want someone like I don't care who wins. I just want the person who wins to play well and just like that's how I feel like in general wise. Like I don't want to, I don't want to win for like both of us playing bad. I want like the person to win to have like no mistakes, play good golf and have a good battle. Then we were tied or I had a one stroke lead going into hole 17 and I bogeyed and he parred that I won on the last hole, I think too. So it was a battle all the way to the, the end. Um, a lot of people figured out the course um, after the second day. So there's a lot of potential there. I think, um, for me, like I told these guys, like it's it's a good course, but a little tweaks and 
here and there would be awesome. And I mean, I told them straight up, like I play some of the hardest courses on tour. So the course was difficult, but it was kind of like the par fours were kind of like tweeners compared to what we usually play, uh, which isn't a bad thing because like it's brand new, it's first event. So, I mean, there's always good and positive and feedback. So, I mean, a lot of the shots I was throwing were like 350, 400 feet, just accurate than a 200 to 300 foot approach. So like when you give me those shots that I hit the gap right out of the, out of the, off the tee pad, then I have a little simple routine up and down. Like I felt like I was unbeatable out there, you know? Awesome. Well, that's, that's, that's great. I mean, we talked about a little bit, a nice way to kind of get back into golf there a little bit after you had a little bit of time off and, Man, jumping in and just taking off and, and taking down a tournament, that's good stuff. Love to hear that. Um, and, you know, you mentioned the Pro Tour. We had some Pro Tour action, too, since we've we've last been on here to catch up a little bit on that, at least. Uh, we saw USDGC out in Winthrop, and, um, you know, what a what a tournament on both sides for the for the men on USDGC and the women at Throw Pink. Um, you know, the, the should be a major, but isn't a major kind of thing, but... Man, Gannon Burr and Nicholas Antela coming down to the wire. What an absolute battle that was. And then 17, huge putt from Gannon. Um, you know, you and I, were, we were messaging back and forth. And, and just like I said, like it, it sticks in my head every time I see that putt. He, he throws it and he immediately calls drop. And it's so audible and awesome just and catching the chains. And, of course, if you know anything about Gannon and know anything about um, his tournament play and where he's from, uh, his caddy, Match Labok, shout out to Titan, uh, out there giving him a huge hug after the, the tournament win and just a, a crazy, crazy good, you know, last little section from Gannon uh, to come back and take that away from Nicholas. And no... No disrespect to Nicholas at all whatsoever. Dude played incredibly, incredibly well, and 18 was was a battle. Two great up shots off of good drives and uh, parked, basically, shots coming into the green. And, oh, man, what a tournament. I, give me a little bit of thoughts. I've been rambling. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Gannon's round that first – I mean, first – all the day he starts with a 60 footer like bang like I was so like that's a momentum right there then I think he had five or six putts within 50 60 feet so it was just like he he played phenomenal then same with thing with Nicholas I mean he played well too I think the only hole was um like 13 where it was a little bit of a the double bogey by Gannon then managed to come back and it's, it's just kind of crazy that hole 17 it's usually the hole where it's the stroke separator in the last two years, it's not been off the tee. It's been the putts. I mean, yep. all last year drains a 60 footer this year. Gannon throws a 60 footer in. then like the only mistake that Nicholas made was missing the putt. So it's like, you can't be mad about like that. And then, um, yeah, I mean, he just played really well. Then it was just, it got me like, Oh my gosh. Like, it got me in the feels almost because it just, I mean, growing up and playing with Gannon and just kind of watching him progress and just seeing what he's done over the, the last year, few years is amazing. Yeah, so awesome for him. I mean, he was so close at the beginning of the year in Las Vegas. He did manage to pick up, you know, the win out at Masters Cup uh, on the Silver Series. But we knew it was just a matter of time until that kid broke through and won a, you know, a, an Elite Series event or a major. And in this case, he just decided, forget the Elite Series. Let's just go right for the major. And here he is, you know, the youngest USDGC champion. On top of that, breaking his idol's record 
in Will Schustrick for the youngest champion. It's just a really cool story and really awesome to see. And, you know, everything afterwards, so many interviews he's done afterwards. He's such a well-spoken kid for being 17 years old and still in high school, technically. It's it's just bananas. So happy to see it. I know being a part of the Iowa disc golf community around here, it's just it blew up. You know, after that, all the the Facebook groups and everything, just talking about Gannon and how well he played. Um, so really, really cool. And what a uh, what a finish there for for USDGC and throw pink. Although it wasn't as flashy of an ending, it still had some intrigue to it, at least coming down to the end. And we saw Katrina Allen take down after she'd had you know. A, Admittedly by herself, she said it herself that, you know, she'd had a rough month, month and a half, and she had played kind of poorly by her standards and, uh, you know, had really grinded out on the the field work and her and Austin were out grinding and she said something just clicked with her form and it, it fixed it. It got it back to where it needs to be. And she walked out with a throw pink championship, um, you know, and kind of walked it in a little bit. She had she had a few strokes there at the end, but what a great tournament. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's just kind of crazy that Kristen was so far behind after the first and second round and managed to climb her way all the way up there to um, second second place or barely losing by a few strokes, too. So, yeah, it was just a battle in general. It was awesome to watch. And just like I said, same thing with uh, Katrina. I mean, we've all been there just like you have a month, two months or even a couple tournaments or even the whole year not going your way. Then all of a sudden that next week is um, you win, which is, which happens all the time. I think like there's three or four people this year or within the last few years win a tournament, then the following week, not cash or just like didn't play. So like that just shows you like a, the courses B the performance and C just like week to week. It's just like, you have to be on top of your game. Yeah, absolutely. And it was funny, you know, going into uh, right after USDGC and throw pink going into the uh, the Pro Tour Championship, which we're going to get into here. You know, so many people had said right away that they really anticipated kind of a letdown for those two uh, after those big wins. You know, uh, like we said, it was a major for Gannon. Katrina's, you know, throw pink wasn't a major uh, by title by any means, but she came out and said, I think in her post-round interview even, that she felt like it was a major. It felt like a major to her. And, um, you know, out of out of those two, going into the the Tour Championship, I really kind of wondered how they were going to bounce back. And Gannon especially having, you know, been on after getting to the highest of highs, essentially, um, and and just coming back. And, and Gannon surprised the crap out of me. I, I won't lie. He played incredibly well. He was kind of you know, talking down his abilities on Nevin's uh, course beforehand just because it's a lot of hyzer flip shots and wooded shots that he's not super keen on. He's not great at himself. He said himself, and he's more of a flex line thrower and that kind of thing. And um, he played really, really well and was right in it. In, it didn't seem like he was in it in that last round, but then he kind of came back and was in it due to some misfires both by Isaac Robinson and Ricky, um, Ricky Wysocki. But ultimately, we saw it come down to 18 and then ultimately a playoff again. And, um, man, what a what a tournament there for the Tour Championship, too. We've been, we've been kind of spoiled here. Ricky Wysocki winning the Tour Championship in one whole playoff against Isaac Robinson uh, on the men's side. And on the women's side, Kristen really walking it in. I mean, she had uh, a stellar back nine that she could just – lean on and just absolutely walk the tournament in with so a lot of fun to watch 
Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Gannon was right there and I, I played that course before, but not in that layout. And it is super tight. I mean, within 12 feet gaps, like even smaller in that too than the, the hills and everything. So uh, Charlotte knows how to do it and it was super exciting for the fans and I mean it's crazy that this year is pretty much almost done except like those local few events but I mean I feel like this year just flew by like it always does it always does yeah it, it really has it, it really has gone by and you're right you know we're at the end of it now the tour championships done the uh, you know we've got an event that we're going to talk about here in just a little bit coming up that's not a sanctioned event by any means but Really, that's the end of it until we see those wraparound events that they're talking about, the Silver Series wraparound events that'll start here uh, at the end of this month. But man, what a what a year that we've seen! And to to kind of play into that year that we've seen, both okay. So <laughs> let's go about it this way. Let's talk about it this way. Tour Championship. Kristen wins. The women were out first. At that time that she won that thirty five thousand dollar prize, she was the winningest disc golfer for a single season winnings wise mpo or fpo and then because rick had to go and spoil things he had to go and he won a few hours later and edged out Kristen by i think like two thousand dollars two thousand dollars so that says a couple things first off the payouts are getting huge which is awesome that's what we want to see second off you know ricky talking about his consistency Kind of plays into that. I can't lie about that. He's been consistent all season, um, been very consistent, uh, and and that winning you know total. But then the fact that Kristen, an FPO player, considering what the payouts are right now, as we see the split between MPO and FPO, it says a lot about how dominant Kristen has been this year. And then you look at the numbers, and I think her average finish in an elite series or major was one point like seven something, right. which is. Uh, that's insane. She didn't miss the podium once this year, at least on the elite series or majors. And she just absolutely killed it, played less tournaments than Rick, but ended up with the, you know, almost the exact same amount of money winning from the tournaments. It's, it's just crazy to think about um, how good that is. And then you look at the, the MPO side of things, how crazy it is that it's so, um, there's so much parody in the MPO division right now. People are so good that we don't see that domination. If you think of somebody dominating, like on the MPO side, they're going to be above and beyond what the FPO is making just based on what the cash lines are. But, oh, man, what a year. Yeah, it's, it, and it's super exciting for the FPO too because, I mean, give that five years ago that I think the men would be highly favored, like more money-wise too. So I think it's like kudos to the Disc Golf Pro Tour and all the tournament directors. I mean, it's it's awesome to have the equal pay too with the uh, women's side versus the men. Um, so more sponsors, this and that. So it's just like I said, super exciting about that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just just crazy end of the season. And there's so many stats out there, guys, about everything that's gone on. I mean, go look it up. It's all over the social medias. Check out Stat Mando, um, PDGA stats, uh, just all the good stuff out there. Disc Golf Pro Tours throwing out stats left and right. They just sent out um, the uh, an email I got, I think, yesterday or the day before about voting for all-star ballots for this next year for a second and third card and then also most improved um, players on the tour. So make sure you check your emails if you haven't gotten those yet. Very, very important to let your voice be heard. 
Um, yeah, a lot of great stuff, you know, coming from this year. And I'm sure we're going to bounce back in future episodes and talk about different things from throughout the year. And, you know, hopefully now that the season's kind of winding down here, we can get some folks on, some guests on, and be able to talk about parts of the season and, and everything like that, too. But let's move on to something that's coming up this weekend in Missouri out at Eagles Crossing, the course that everybody seems to talk about, and that's a big money skins match. And when I say big money skins, we're talking $100,000 total prizes, and winner is going to get fifty grand. Fifty grand. Now, this is unsanctioned like we talk about. Uh, I've heard a lot over the week this week here about how it's all set up here. It looks like it's going to be like an actual uh, tournament play on Friday, and then they are, are tournament-style play, I should say, on Friday that whittles the the field down to, I think, 48, if I remember correctly. And then they kind of turn it into a four different cards or however many cards of skins match. I forget exactly how it is. But basically it boils down to Saturday and Sunday are played skin style. The winner is going to walk away with a guaranteed at least $50,000. Uh, that's just bananas. And there's going to be coverage. There's live coverage of this um, through GK Pro, uh, or GK Pro is out there covering it. They're not going to be the ones, it's not directly through them. They've got a media company in and all that. Uh, check some of the other podcasts this week, specifically the uh, Smashbox. They've got great information. They interview the GK Pro guys about it and give you all the details. But man, this is exciting, right? Yeah, super exciting. I actually got invited to it. Um, I just didn't really want to go <laughs> honestly i just having that type of year just like yes to no cool maybe so then just uh other plans happen too so i just um i'm actually doing some more lessons so a couple lessons got booked up that weekend too so it's just like i'm not gonna reschedule for somebody this and that uh, uh one of, like you mentioned it the one of the things that was super um interesting that they're using is the uh aggressive aggressive scoring system so uh unlike traditional scoring methods they aimed for um this is for the highest score so they're based they're doing kind of a point system so like albatross 15 points eagles nine birdies four pars are one so basically whoever gets the most points moves on uh so i thought that was very interesting too and I, i'm really excited just to watch and see it um i know it's i think it's a pay-per-view as well too so you have to buy it um i might i haven't decided yet i'm probably gonna be busy anyways playing the tournament coming up here too so uh yeah i'm just super excited and they're doing some different t-pads different locations and everything so i mean one day i'll make it up to Eagles crossing. I just want to see it and just, I know it's hyped or whatever. I just want to want to play it and it looks awesome. Yeah. And for those wondering out there, there, there is not a setup yet for post-produced coverage of this. So while GK pro is covering this live, they don't have an agreement set in place for it to be in post-production as of right now, at least as far as I know. Um, it sounded like that this production is all going to belong to Eagles Crossing once it's all said and done. And whether or not they release it, that's up to them. I don't know. Um, but I did also hear that in on Smashbox, they were talking about if you subscribe or you, you pay for this because you have to subscribe to the specific broadcast i believe they said that you have like 30 days to complete it is what the broadcast is so you know there's one of those things you know you got plans this weekend like i do you know pay for it anyways and then you know it's 15 bucks you know 15 dollars going to uh, a great great 
op- opportunity for these players, that's for sure. And because it's skins, like we've seen so many times before, skins match, it doesn't necessarily mean that while Ricky's out there, it doesn't mean that Ricky's the front runner win this because it is skins. Like that's what's awesome about this is anybody can come out and, and take this down. You know, it could be a name that we've never seen before or haven't seen before. I know they said something about they were having some some qualifying players coming in playing to qualify to get in and just all sorts of good stuff. It, it's good. Check it out um, and support that for sure. Yeah, and uh, one see, thing I wanted to mention too is just looking at the players, uh, Nico is actually signed up and ooh. playing too. So unsanctioned, and I know he's from the St. Louis area. I mean, it's I think the course is within 30 minutes. So it'd be super exciting for him to come back and compete too. I mean, I he's posting on social media. I mean, just because he's not playing tournaments or not posting, you know, you know, he's grinding. He works super hard. I mean, he's one of the hardest workers out there too. So um, it's going to be super exciting to see what he can do out there too. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't know that. That's uh, news to me. Good for good for that. And in case you know you've been living under a rock and you didn't catch, uh, his suspension was reduced. So the end of this season, uh, or the end of this year, I should say, his suspension is over and he is eligible to play again in PDGA sanctioned events. So he'll be back on tour next year. It seems. All right. So let's move on. You mentioned this this weekend. You've got a tournament. Why don't you give us a little rundown here? Talk about it. Yeah, Watson Lake uh, Throwdown. It's a B tier up in Prescott, so about an hour, a little over an hour um, from Phoenix, so not too far away. Uh, just a little one day, two round tournament. Uh, Watson Lake, one of the coolest places to play. A lot of it's kind of like a mountain, rocky, desert type course, and Watson Lake's right there. So there's tons of beautiful views. Um, uh, shots are awesome it's just a cool place to be so especially a b tier super close i'm excited about it uh only 11 pros right now though so but i mean there's probably 100 people total or something like that so i'm excited to be back up there and especially competing i've got a a few there's a few guys that are haven't seen for a while and they're good gamers so uh yeah game feels good um throwing the disc really well lately uh so i'm excited Awesome. Well, that's just good. Uh, as usual, best of luck out there. It's going to be, uh, it sounds like it's going to be a fun event. Definitely sounds like a sweet course. So uh, looking forward to hearing about that when we talk again. Uh, let's talk a little bit, though, moving forward here. The DGPT schedule for 2023 was announced, and uh, this was uh, this was pretty neat. It was nice to see it. I know that it was kind of teased that it might be, you know, before USDGC and, and everything like that, and lo and behold, it was. And so it was It was kind of exciting. Of course, we have the wraparound events, the Lake Marshall Open, uh, the end of October, and the New World Championships in the middle of November, uh, the Silver Series events. But, you know, we kick off again in uh, with the All-Star Weekend next year, February 17th to the 19th. So great that it's a weekend that doesn't include Valentine's Day. My wife will be thrilled that I won't be hooked to disc golf during Valentine's Day. And, you know, we move on, and this is what's great is is they've got all this broken down into the Elite Series, the Silver, let's make that Silver events, not Silver Series events, um, and then the Majors. And, you know, there's some, there's some sweet changes on here. We've got some additions, some subtractions and everything. Um, I really haven't looked at the schedule super hard besides that Midwest swing because that's where I'm at, and I wanted to see when that was and, and all that fun stuff, but... Uh, what was your takeaway taking a look at the schedule? I mean, was there anything that jumped out at you that were like, wow, great? 
Yeah, I'm actually pulling it up right now because I honestly like haven't looked at it to be honest. Uh, yeah. No, that's that's cool. I mean, I the same yeah. thing here. I've got it sitting right here, and and I know I mentioned the the Midwest swing just to kind of throw that out there and and fill a little talking time here. Uh, June twenty third to the twenty fifth, you guys are in Des Moines for the Des Moines Challenge, um, and then June thirtieth through July second, you guys are up and up for the Preserve. Which both of those, you know, I went to the Preserve last year and wanted to go to Des Moines this year, didn't get out to it, but or went to the Preserve this year. Good lord, still this year, um, and. Uh, had a blast and hoping to get to I'm going to try and work both of those into my schedule here this next summer. Um, see if I can manage to get two weeks off to do all sorts of fun stuff, but, um, a lot of cool stuff outside of that. I mean, the, the disc mania open, which is the, uh, the new tournament up in Canada, uh, or not new tournament, excuse me, the one that they had up in Canada this year, that was the, uh, was it Canadian nationals or something like that? no, is it Canadian Nationals? Whatever it was, it was up at Prince Edward Island is what I'm trying to say. Um, that is on as a silver event, which is awesome. Um, adding in the Rochester Flying Disc Open, which is, if I remember my my history correctly, the longest-running disc golf tournament in the country. Um, so that's really, really cool. I love it. And, of course, you know the majors and everything like that. Worlds is uh, the end of August, beginning of September. I love having world championships towards the end of the season. I think that's a smart move. Um, yeah, a lot of good stuff here, man. Yeah, I gave up on it. I couldn't find it. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. The one thing that, that is, is a little interesting here about this is, uh, I know they were kind of talking about the women's side of things on the FPO side. Uh, United States women's is, uh, September 21st through the 24th. And then USDGC, which is also when they run throw pink is October 5th through the 8th, and then you have the Disc Golf Pro Tour Championship October 12th through the 15th. So there was a lot of talk about the women having you know, huge events, three huge, huge events all in a row like that, um, and, and a lot of interesting stuff. Of course, Europe is on there. Uh, the PCS, PCS Open in Sula has been moved up to an Elite Series rather than a Silver event. Um, so that means we have two elite series in Europe. We have the PCS Open and the European Open, of course, as a major. Um, and then, you know, it's it's a lot of the same tournaments that we've seen before, at least on the elite series. Um, Texas States is down as a silver. And then Waco is uh, an elite series. And then the Open at Austin, which is replacing the Open at Belton, from what I understand, um, it's going to be the same same TD, same people putting it on, uh, just at a different course. Um, right. So, uh, you know, another another year where we have those three Texas tournaments all in a row. I know there's a lot of – there's been some talk about that and whether or not that's ideal or not, um, but we'll see. I guess Champions Cup, you know, in, in April, and, yeah, man, it's, it's exciting. It's nice to see the schedule and get everything moving. So uh, keep a watch out. I'm sure now that the season's done uh, – pros like yourself and other pros are going to be looking at that schedule and taking a taking a harder look and planning ahead so we'll probably see some you know 2023 schedules coming out in the next few months right absolutely well with that being said talking about the future we had a couple already had a couple of signings uh to to talk about here new contracts or extensions of contracts um the first of all was uh announced 
rather suddenly. I, I didn't expect this so quickly, but uh, Calvin Heinberg signed on with five years or for five years back with Innova. Um, and this was one of those ones, you know, we talked about Calvin all season being contract year Calvin and, you know, what was he going to do? We saw him have a very big uptick in like his social media presence, at least early on in the season. Um, and what he was trying to do there. Of course, he's working with Beacon Sports Management, um, who's representing him, which is also interesting that they're representing him. And Innova said pretty early on that they had no interest in, in dealing with agents rather than the disc golfers themselves. So kind of an interesting dynamic there. But no details, as as per Innova's track record, no details were given as far as the contract goes, besides it being five years. And, uh, you know, one of Kelvin's quotes about it was saying that he's just glad that he'll be able to just play disc golf and focus on disc golf. So kind of makes you wonder if, you know, there's what what's behind all that. I, I know I'm sure, you know, other companies reached out to him, but he's he's sticking with Innova, which great for Innova. Uh, smart move for Innova, in my opinion, because I think Calvin's going nowhere but up. And um, I think smart for Calvin, too. He doesn't have to go through a season where he's talking about a bag change or anything like that. He can just focus on throwing the same discs as he has been. Right, absolutely. It's hard for him to replace them Eagles. So, um, yeah, I mean, those there is bread and butter. I mean, he has probably five or six of them in his bag and different stabilities. So, I mean, he's throwing his Eagles as far as my drivers right now. <laughs> yeah man he, i mean the eagles he's got he's got the his name on the destroyer now he's got um the, the uh, toro, tor, toro, toro yeah yeah, yeah. so man uh, good stuff I, i'm glad to see a company invest in a player that's for sure that's what i like to see most so um good to see that and the other one was kyle klein uh kyle klein signing a four-year extension with disc mania and the uh you know, four years was released, and then also it was basically that they said six figures per year is what they said. So, um, no number as far as that goes. So, take that what you will. But I think another smart move for both the player and the manufacturer here. Kyle's been throwing Discmania very, very well uh, for the time that he's been playing with them. He had maybe not as good of a season this year as he did last year, but you know he played consistently for the most part. And um, I think you know he's young. He's 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 going to stick around. Absolutely. Absolutely. So awesome stuff. Well, we've got, you know, some cool stuff coming up here in the future. We're going to be talking about the the big money skins, no doubt about it, and and all that fun stuff once we find out about it. And like I mentioned, we're going to get some some fun shows lined up. We've got some topics that we want to talk about and some people that we want to talk to. So looking forward to that. If you guys have any ideas for topics in, that you would like to hear Jordan talk about or myself talk about for that matter in the future, let us know. Um, we'd love to hear it. And um yeah, the other thing that we wanted to drop is just that now we're almost a year old uh, at this point. It was the middle of November when we dropped our first episode. And so with that being said, moving into year two here, uh, we're looking for you know sponsors, basically, is that point. If you're interested in sponsoring the show, um, we'd love to, to do business with you. Reach out to us either on any of the Flight Plate social media or Jordan's social media or my own, um, and we'd love to talk to you and see what we can work out. But um yeah, we'd, we'd love to to make this uh, continue, and we've got a lot of exciting things that we're working on here, not just for the off season, but also this upcoming next season. I've got a lot of ideas that we're, we're chatting about and kind of thinking over, so it's going to be a good year. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to this off season and getting a lot of good stuff in. Um, yeah, anything that I missed here? Yeah, I agree. You hit it, hit it right on the nose, yeah. 
All right, perfect. Well, thank you guys so much for catching up with us, and we look forward to talking to you on a regular basis here now moving forward. Thanks again, and we will catch you next week on the episode of the Flight Plate Podcast.